Oh, jeez. I don't like. I don't know if I like the angle on this, guys. Welcome to the show. It's Rob. It's Rob's Carry Show. We are live. We are live from the trenches. It is Friday. Uh, what the hell's uh, what the what? What's the board say? The ninth. It is the ninth. The ninth of September. The year is going quick. Going fast. Football season started last night. It was a great game. Great game. It was a good game. I mean, great game is... Well, it was all right. <laughs> it was all right, okay? It wasn't uh, wasn't bad for the opening game. It, it wasn't bad. But, yes, uh, football season is here. And while this is going on, Another country is basically doing whatever they want. Another country is is basically doing whatever they want to the United States. Whatever, whatever, whatever they want. You know, I want to remind. Uh, I don't know if any, uh, if any, if any libs. Listen to this program. You might get one or two. I think we might get one or two that chime in over on one of the feeds. I don't know. Rather, it's Blog Talk or Spreaker or even uh, Periscope. One once in a while, we get libs that chime in and they're like, "F you." They the "F you." You're uh. so maybe maybe they're listening. I, I want to remind them. You understand that. Barack Hussein Obama has been president for seven and a half years. Let's see, September, 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 October, November, December. Well, longer. Longer. You guys realize that, right? Barack Hussein Obama has been president for over seven and a half years. You you realize that Democrats, your party, have basically controlled the government. Give or take seven and a half years. Remember, the first two years of the Obama administration, Democrats controlled the House, the Senate. And then after those two years, Democrats controlled two of the three branches of government. And that's how it's been for the last, I don't know, five years, five and a half years. You realize that, okay? I just wanted to establish this. Just wanted to establish this because it seems that when Republicans are in power, every single thing, every single thing from a local level all the way up is, is their fault. When a Republican is in charge, doesn't matter if they only have the White House and they don't have 
the Senate, the House, the governor. It's Republicans' fault. And, and, and when they're not in power, it's Republicans' fault. Remember, for the first two or three years of the Obama administration, everything that was going wrong was Bush's fault. Did we hear, well, uh, George Bush uh, did this, uh, George Bush did that. We're still trying to recover from George Bush. But I don't think Democrats and Obama took ownership of the presidency until the second term. Now, of course, anytime something positive happened, it was them. But when something negative happened, it was the Republicans' fault. Well, oh, that, that's the Republicans' fault. That's the Republicans' fault. It's all Republicans' fault. So I just want everybody to remember that the Democrats and Obama have been in control for over seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. Now, we have that established. Let's move forward. Last night, was watching a field goal go wide left. Wide left. North Korea was once again testing a nuclear device. Yes. Now, they've been doing this. Let's not forget. They've been doing this not a year, not two years, not three years, not four years, not five years, not six years. They've been doing this For 10 years? But the amount of testing, the amount of progress they have made has really come to flourishing under Obama. Because we could go back to the 90s. We could go back to Clinton. We could talk about policies back then. We could talk about different failures from that point. But let's just focus on what's been going on for the past seven and a half years. Because really, North Korea has become who they've become in the past seven and a half years. Now, it's not a coincidence that this is happening. It's not a coincidence countries have been ramping up their hostile activities. That's not a coincidence. And you knew this was going to happen with North Korea. I mean, you, you could telegraph it, especially, especially 
when word gets out that we gave Iran over a billion dollars. When we're paying Iran ransom, when we're making deals on nuclear facilities with Iran, when we're curbing the rules, that didn't get much play. You would have to really dig online. And I'm not talking about uh, InfoWars, Alex Jones digging. I'm not talking about conspiracy digging. Just, uh, uh, you know, a Reuters, an AP. You're not going to find it on CNN. You're definitely not going to find it on MSNBC. But if you just did a little digging... What got buried last week was that uh, Carrie and the other fella could really go back to Hillary because Hillary was part of the Iran deal too. But they basically moved the goalposts. Iran was not able to comply with certain things unless the United States moved the goalposts. So they basically moved the goalposts so Iran can be compliant. Because if they didn't, Iran would not have been compliant, and the deal would never have gone through. Deal would never have gone through. So when you look at Iran, you look at what we did for them as it pertains to their nuclear facility, as it pertains to giving them not just the ransom and not just the hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars, but just lifting sanctions, basically saying to them, you know what? We're, we're going to let you back into the international community. We're going to, we're going to let you do business with American companies. We're, 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 we're going to let you, be one of us, even though you still take hostages, U.S. hostages, even though you still chant death to America, even though you still talk about wiping Israel off the face of the map, even though you stop our Navy ships and put guns to the soldiers' heads and make them cry and videotape it and broadcast it. Even though you do all of these things, and yet we still appease you. We, we still do a Neville Chamberlain. So once North Korea seen this, once North Korea seen it's been going on for the past seven and a half years, what's going to deter them? Seriously, what's going to deter them? Them nervous that if they keep testing nuclear warheads, America and its allies are going to do something. 
I mean, hell, China has the greatest influence over North Korea. And I'm not even talking about military, but North Korea doesn't survive as far as finances, as far as money, as far as feeding their people without China. So the fact that Obama and the Obama administration have never, ever sat down with China and said, you have to do this. You have to take care of North Korea. You have to get them in line. I mean, Obama goes to China, and they don't even let him exit the plane like a president. He has to use a service door. He has to use a door that mechanic. They basically treated him like he was the butler. They treated him like he was Benson. Remember that show, Benson? Or Soap? I think it was Soap. One of those shows. One of those 70s (laughs) shows. Again, this is no accident. This is no accident. There's not one, not one foreign policy success that the Obama administration can point to and go, see? I mean, look at Syria. Again, the media, when talking about Syria, seems to leave out that this has all happened under Obama, under Hillary Clinton, under the Democrats. Like I said, I've never seen, there's a lot of things I've never seen. A lot of things I've never seen uh, in this election cycle that involves the media. But I've never seen the media print online television. I've never seen them disconnect the ruling party and the ruling president from the problems that exist in the United States and in the world. I've never seen that before. Like I said, even after Bush left office, things that would go wrong were Bush's fault. So Obama's two years into his presidency, something happens, and instantly, well, that's uh, that's because of the Bush administration. We're we're still dealing with the Bush administration. The media's like, yeah, that's the Bush administration. What? Uh, okay. Obama's been president for seven and a half years. 
And you hear them talk about Syria. They show these pictures of these little children being fished out of the water. They talk about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people being slaughtered. Just, 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 just destroyed. And somehow, somehow, Obama gets no blame. This wasn't happening seven and a half years ago. There's no Aleppo. That's the buzzword after yesterday and Gary Johnson. Aleppo. <laughs> Aleppo. It's the buzzword. There was no Aleppo seven and a half years ago. There was no ISIS seven and a half years ago. These are all things that happened under Obama. I mean, imagine, okay? Imagine a Republican president, a Republican-led Senate, a Republican-led House. And under that party, you have the creation of ISIS. You have the situation we have in Syria. You have the situation we have with North Korea. You have the situation we have with Russia. You have the situation we have with Iran. You have the situation we have with China. Don't forget. Don't forget China is taking over parts of the waterways in that region of the world. Remember, we have an issue with China as we speak. Imagine all of these, and and these are just the big things. These are just the big things. But imagine all of these things happening under a Republican. Imagine all of these things happening under John McCain or Mitt Romney. They would probably ask for his resignation. But somehow, well, it's not a somehow. It's because what have I always said? And I'll say it again. When you control the media and you're able to control the message and you're able to control the propaganda, then you're able to get away with these things. So if a Republican was in office right now, the media would be going 
and demanding the president's head on a platter. Demanding his head on a platter. Demanding it. But that's not the case here. Because the media, from all aspects, are controlled by Democrats. So in turn, there's this disconnect. So when North Korea is testing nuclear warheads, I mean, the reports are saying that this nuclear warhead was a couple notches away from the bomb we dropped on Japan. Seriously, talking about 10 kilotons, twice as large as the test that North Korea did in January. So in January, North Korea tested a nuclear weapon. Are you kidding me? January. And this administration and Obama did nothing. Did nothing. They did nothing. And last night, North Korea tests another weapon. Twice the power of the weapon in January. And what do you hear? Oh, well, that's a grave concern of ours. Uh, uh, they, they, they better not do that. They, oh, really? What are you going to do, Obama? Go do another interview with Esquire magazine or Ebony? What are you going to do? Go play some more golf? What are you going to do? You're going to do nothing. You are the black Jimmy Carter. You're going to do nothing. You are Jimmy Carter and Neville Chamberlain rolled into one. Rolled into Urkel. Okay? You're you're Steve Urkel. Hi, everybody. Puppet for Democrats and the media. That's all you are. That's all you are. That's all you are. North Korea has been doing this for years now. For years now. Again and again, the media disconnects Obama and all of these failures. You know, it's funny. You hear Democrats go, oh, Trump will be dangerous. Trump, could you imagine him as president? Oh, my God. Well, could he really be any worse? Than Obama? 
I mean, it's is is it, it does does Obama's social and and face and what I mean by face, I'm not talking about face like his face. Talk about like the face, the image of the White House. Is that what makes all of these horrible things that are going on in the world and back here at home, is that what makes it seem like it's not a big deal? The fact that he could go on Jimmy Fallon and slow jam and he's funny and he's and he's charming. And him and his wife are on the cover of fashion magazines and he's hanging out with Jay Z. He's talking about transgender bathrooms. I mean it's is that what makes all of this other stuff acceptable look like a old grumpy white guy is that is that what it is i'm i'm trying to figure this out trying to figure this out forget politicians forget the 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 beltway but just people like Sarah Silverman, just just Rob Reiner. Is is that it? Because Obama says oh, anybody who wants to come here could come here. Anybody wants to use whatever bathroom they want, they can. And we're gonna go on Jimmy Fallon and slow jam, and I'm gonna hang out with Jay Z and Beyonce and. Have meetings with Black Lives Matter. Like, is that what makes North Korea testing nuclear weapons acceptable? Iran taking our hostages, humiliating our military, acceptable? Images of little children washing up on a beach in Syria, acceptable? I mean, are all these things acceptable? Because Obama, charming? Because no Republican president, not one Republican president, could withstand any of the stuff that's going on. Imagine, where's Bush from? Where is it, Crawford, Texas? Isn't that where it is, Crawford, Texas, something like that? I, I, I think, I don't know. But if it's not, pretend he's from there. Imagine... If Crawford, Texas was the murder capital of the United States and ranks like <laughs> on scale with third world countries as far as just slaughter of uh, uh, with crime and, and 
things of that nature. So imagine. What would the what would the media be doing? What would they be saying? What would you be hearing? Exactly. There would be outrage. But again, when you talk about Chicago and the media talks about it just a little. Somehow they disconnect Obama and they disconnect Rahm Emanuel. Democrats, duh. Obama's hometown. Rahm Emanuel served in the Obama administration. I mean, they get disconnected from any responsibility whatsoever. So the media talks when they talk about Chicago like it's in a parallel universe. It's the same thing with North Korea. It's the same thing with Iran. I mean, everything is in a parallel universe. And that's the only way you could explain when CNN shows a poll that says, 53% of the people approve of President Obama's job performance. And you're like, okay, so you're saying more than half of the voting electorate approve of Obama's job performance. And then they come out with a poll that says, you know, 70% of the American people feel the country is going in the wrong direction. So you sit there and go, what? And you say, well, because the media has done a great job of disconnecting the problems that are going on uh, in our country and in the world with Obama. The media, state-run, propaganda, they've done a great job of going, yeah, here's this problem with Syria. Here's this problem with ISIS. Here's this problem with North Korea. Here's this problem with Russia. Here's this problem with Iran. But Obama has nothing to do with these problems. These are things that just kind of happen. Here's Chicago, murder capital of the United States. Here's the economy. Here's racial division. And, okay, we separate them from Obama. So rather it's print, rather it's the Internet, or rather, television, they've been able to disconnect Obama and the Democrats from any of these problems. That's why Obama gets an above 50% as far as job performance, but the country gets a uh, 70% as far as the direction we're going. And then when you break down separate issues 
Obama gets a failing grade. So when they do a poll that says, how do you think Obama's handling ICE? You know, how, what's the percentages on that? Do you think he's doing a good job? It's like 60-something percent say he's doing a bad job with ICE. So if you isolate each of these situations and pose the question to the people and say, do you think Obama's doing a good job handling the issues with North Korea? People are going to say, well, no. But if you do these things in a disconnected way, you get this, oh, yeah, Obama's doing a good job. I see him on Jimmy Fallon. He's such a likable guy. I see him on the cover of the magazine with his beautiful wife when I go to Vaughn's or Pavilion's. Such a good-looking first family. I see him hanging out with Jay-Z and Beyonce. When you disconnect the president, when you disconnect the Democrats from the problems that are going on, then people go, yeah, yeah, the president's doing good. But when you put it together, when you put it together, Then the people go, no, it's not doing good. How do you think Obama's handling ISIS? Not good. How do you think Obama's handling Iran? Not good. How do you think Obama's handling Russia? Not good. How do you think Obama's handling the violence in the streets of Chicago? Not good. I mean, the North Korea thing is a big deal, guys. I mean, all of these things that are happening around the world are a big deal. All of these things are a big deal. I mean, remember, the whole Iran thing was preventing them from getting a nuclear weapon. I mean, that was this whole, you know ransom payments and all of these things that have gone on for two, two and a half years. And why was it a big deal? Because you can't have Iran with nuclear weapons. You can't have Iran with nuclear weapons. Well, here's North Korea with nuclear weapons. Here's North Korea detonating nuclear weapons. So obviously... North Korea having nuclear weapons is a big deal. If it was a big deal to not let Iran be able to make nuclear weapons. And Obama is doing nothing about it. His administration is doing nothing about it. And the only reason... North Korea is doing what they're doing is because they can get away with it. Because if the United States hadn't done anything by now, 
they're never going to do anything about it. And like I said earlier, take the military action off the table. Take the military action off the table. If North Korea hasn't heard anything from China, like I said, it's not a matter of, oh, what are we going to do, go bomb North Korea? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We talk to China and say, you better handle this. There's a lot of things we can do. We could put pressure on various countries along with China as far as money, as far as business. Things that North Korea still do with other people in different regions. So as long as North Korea doesn't get that phone call, as long as North as, as long as Kim Jong un doesn't get that three AM phone call from an angry Chinese president that says, What are you doing? What are you doing? But they don't. And why would they? They think Obama's a joke. They think the United States is a joke. They do. They think the United States is. There is not one country. Not one country. That has respect. For the United States. Canada. Okay. Canada, sure. But I mean, look at Brexit. Huh? <laughs> look at Brexit. You had Obama, you had Hillary Clinton. Man, they were. No, no, they got to stay. You got to stay. They even said. They even said, F you. They even said that. There's not one country. Not one country. That looks at the United States. Looks at Obama. Looks at Kerry. And fears us. Respects us. To help us. There's not one. This debate. That the media is trying to create. Over Trump saying. Putin is a stronger leader than Obama. He is. He is. Just look at what's going around in the world. How do you say. How do you say. Obama is a stronger leader than Putin. How do you say Obama is a stronger leader than uh, the Chinese president?
How can anybody argue and say, you know what? Obama's a strong leader. We are, we are feared and respected across the globe. When he drew that line in the sand and said, if you cross that line, oh, there's going to be hell to pay. And Syria crossed the line and Obama said, okay, if you cross this line and they crossed that line, he said, okay, now. And they said, shut up. Shut up. And he went, all right. And then he retreated. He retreated. How can anybody, how can anybody say that Obama is a strong leader? Don't, listen, take out the whole, oh my God, how can you say a dictator is a stronger leader than our brother? How can you say an enemy is a stronger leader? Bro? Put that, put the concept of their country and who they are just on the shelf. To just put it on the shelf. As far as a leader, okay, as far as a president of a country, as far as a president whose number one goal is to protect his or her people. Their number one goal is to protect his or her people. Safety. And by that, the homeland, internally, so there's no Chicago or cities that are war zones and in the world as far as unrest as far as people like North Korea as far as people like ISIS as far as people like Iran if you're a soldier patrolling the waters in the Persian Gulf and you got to be worried that Iran is going to play chicken with you or Iran is going to take you hostage and make you get on your hands and knees and film you basically begging for your life. Your president is not keeping you safe. Your president is not being a strong leader. So, if somebody can literally make the argument, I'm sorry, literally make the argument without throwing insults or going, Putin puts reporters to death. Somebody could make the argument that Obama is a strong leader. 
and countries from around the world respect and fear him as a president. I will rest my case and I will look for a job to pick up dog doo-doo. Because it can't be done. It's kind of like when uh, people say to the Clinton surrogates, tell us an accomplishment that Hillary Clinton can put on her accomplishment mantle as far as the four years as Secretary of State. What accomplishment? What did she do? What did she do? And they can't. They just go, uh... I heard one argue Iran. Well, look at Iran. She was part of that deal. And now they are not on a path to a nuclear weapon. Really? 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 (laughs) So many shenanigans were done in that Iran deal. And you see what Iran is doing now. Do any of you really, really think that they're not cheating? That they don't have some type of uh, cheat in play? I mean, just them getting to the point of compliance, the goalpost had to be moved. And once the deal was done, you have Iran punking us at every opportunity they have. So with everything that's going on with Iran, you really think when one of their people go, hey, Ayatollah, hey, mullahs, listen, we can do this and start putting this in place so we can create that nuclear weapon and the United States will never find out. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you can't do that. No, no, no. You really think that's going to happen? They're looking at what North Korea is doing. It's like they're looking at what North Korea is doing and getting away with. North Korea is looking at what Iran is doing and getting away with. Everybody. Everybody. All of these countries are basically just sitting back going, man, look what so-and-so is doing and they're getting away with this. Look at so-and-so. Look at, wow. And remember, we don't talk to Putin. Obama doesn't talk to Putin. Obama doesn't sit down with the Putster and say, hey, man, how do we become friends? How do we do this? George Bush did it. Bill Clinton did it. Ronald Reagan did it. Senior did it. How do we do? Let you know. Let, let you're the superpower. I'm a super. Let's just 
What do we got to do? What do we got to do? So we don't communicate with Putin. Yeah, uh, Putin and Obama will do a stare down. But Merkel does. The rest of that region, the rest of the countries do. Turkey. And apparently, they're not doing nothing. Apparently, their relationship with Obama and the United States don't mean squat. They're not doing nothing. They're not doing a thing. I mean, listen. Putin, Russia, is holding a summit try to broker a peace deal between the Palestinians and Israel. I mean, we have essentially taken this, not just a backseat, but we're the U-Haul trailer. You ever see those cars that have a U-Haul trailer attached to it, and they're driving down the street, driving down the freeway, doing about 40, and you get stuck behind them, and you're like, oh, Christ. We are in the U-Haul trailer. We're not even leading from behind. We are not even, we're not behind. We're in a trailer. We are just not even on the world stage. We're not even on the world stage. And people go, how can oh, how, how could Trump say Putin's a stronger leader? Because he is. He is. He is. Hell, the Ayatollahs in Iran are stronger leaders. Look what they do. Look what they do. Look what they get away with. And the great United States of America drops its jurors, bends over, and says, stick it in. I mean, Obama's like a prison bitch. He, he really is. I'm telling you, Jimmy Carter was stronger than Obama. Obama is a prison bitch. I mean, it's astonishing. It's astonishing. It really is. It really is. And like I said, to watch the media do this disconnect is stunning. To watch the media disconnect Democrats and Obama. Is stunning. Remember, while all this goes on, you still have high-powered Democrats. You still have high-powered Democrats in the Senate. Rather, it's Harry Reid, Chuck Schumer, Elizabeth Warren. In the past two, three 
four years? When have you ever heard Elizabeth Warren or Chuck Schumer ever speak out against Iran? North Korea. Like, when have you ever heard any of them just step up and go, hey, man, this is a big problem. The things that are happening right now are big problems. And we're going to have to fix them. Never. Never, ever. Never, ever. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we'll see what happens. Not much, but we'll see what happens. So Rob's the Carry Show. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the Washington Post and their uh, new article that basically says the Hillary Clinton email story is just out of control. And the notion that the Washington Post is the same Washington Post that um, did Watergate, you know, Bernstein, you know, Redford, the movie. Yeah, it's not. This is Jeff Bezos' paper. Just remember that. The Washington Post is Jeff Bezos' paper. And don't ever forget that. It's the Rob Zakari Show. And we'll be right back. And we're going to stop on the Periscope and all the other video feeds. So don't go away. We'll see you. And two and Yes.
maybe may a little longer, maybe a little shorter. I'm not exactly 100% sure on the time frame. Trump has been doing this outreach, this black vote outreach. Now, when it first started, everybody laughed. Everybody laughed. Now, on this show, for the past year, we have talked about Republicans needing the black vote. And the fact that the whole, what I call it, the, the, the whole boondoggle, the whole, the whole propaganda of Republicans have to get the Latino vote or they're not going to win uh, elections ever again. It's, it's always just been a, a fantasy. Like I said, boondoggle, myth, whatever you want to call it. Because ultimately, it's big business. Rather, it's the Walmart family or it's uh, the Koch brothers or uh, Rupert Murdoch. It's big business wanting cheap labor. And in turn, it's a battle to do nothing as far as uh, Congress is concerned, to raise money, but more importantly, it's a game that the Democrats drew Republicans in. It's like a trap. They trapped them into this, well, you got got to have that Latino vote. You got to do the Latino vote. You got to have the Latino vote. That's what you got to focus on. What about the black vote? No, 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 no. That's our vote. You got to go with the Latino vote. That's the vote. That's the vote. And then so you get uh, the mouthpieces to talk about the Latino vote. The autop. We got to do the autop. Look, look at George Bush. The, he won. And he won, and look, he got the Latino vote. You need the Latino vote. Romney lost, didn't have the Latino vote. McCain lost, didn't have the Latino vote. You got to have the Latino vote. That's the only way you got to do it. Yeah, but what about the black vote? No, 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 no. But the black vote's always just been sitting out there. It's always just been sitting out there. And remember, the Democrats are the party of segregation. The Democrats are the party of Jim Crow. Democrats are the party of Robert Byrd. Democrats are the party of a crime bill passed by Bill Clinton, signed by Bill Clinton, that put individuals in prison for 100 years for a vial of crack cocaine. But that vote's always been out there. I mean, what, I, I, granted, Obama got, you know, 99% of the vote, <laughs> whatever, whatever the hell it was. I, of course, you, you, you had black folk voting for Obama just for the fact that he was black. They take Obama out of there. Talking about 9% he normally goes to the Democrats. I mean, it's a, it, it, it's, it's a block that Republicans don't even try to do. They, they, it's, they, it's, they've written it off. And they don't even push back 
They don't even push back when Democrats talk about voter ID laws being racist and being put in a place to stifle the black vote. They don't even push back. They don't even, they, 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 they don't even put, you never, they just don't. You don't hear Paul Ryan. You don't hear anybody. You don't hear anybody push back in a way that common folk would understand. And just list all the things that we do in our daily lives that we need an ID for. And apply that to voting. And just say, listen. If it's racist to show ID to get on an airplane, because that's what you're saying. You're you're, going to have to, (laughs) you're going to have to change a lot of things in this country. So they never push back. They never push back. They let Democrats get away with monopolizing the black vote. Trump comes out and says, you know what, guys? You know what, my black brothers and sisters? For the past seven and a half years, I have heard black pundits, black leaders, the president (coughs) talk about inequality for black folk. I have seen Academy Awards, music, every aspect of our social lives oppressing black folk. I've seen it. You've talked about it. The president talked about it. Al Sharpton's talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. It's been going on for seven and a half. It's been going on for years, longer than that. Longer. And I hear you. I hear you. I feel your pain. And here's the thing. I want to help you. I'm a Republican. I want to help you. Because all of these things you've been going through, the Democrats haven't done a thing for you. The Democrats have been in power for the last seven and a half years. The media will try to disconnect all of the issues and all of the problems that all of you are having in your communities. And they will try to disconnect the president and the Democrats from these issues. But I'm here to tell you, Democrats have been in charge for seven and a half years. And two of those seven and a half years, they've controlled every aspect of government. And for the remainder, the remainder, they've controlled Two of the three aspects of that government. And they've done nothing for you. So Trump comes out and tells all the black folk, you're right, I hear you. Academy Awards, racist. The MTV, the Grammys, racist. CBS, racist. 
No strong black character. Racist. Hollywood. Hollywood. Hacked emails. Racist. Everybody's racist. Everybody's racist. And it's the Democrats' fault. So then all of a sudden, all the black pundits, the Charles Blows, the, the Eugene Robinsons, they all go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out. This isn't good. This is not good. Hold on, this is not good. All of a sudden, this presidential candidate is putting back together what we've disconnected, which is Democrats, Obama, and the problems that are going on in the black community. We've been successful for seven and a half years, for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, to be able to disconnect ourselves, the Democrat Party, from any problems that are happening in the black community. And now here comes this guy connecting it. Okay, wait a minute. We got to change our strategy. So then you get Charles Blow and you get Eugene Robinson, especially Eugene Robinson, to write an article in the Washington Post and say, the things that Trump are saying are, are just wrong. There, there might be problems in pockets, pockets of the black community, but by and large, the black community uh, leads a uh, pretty, pretty good middle-class life. When did this happen? When did, Don Lemon is doing his show going, I don't know what Donald Trump's talking about. I live in Harlem. I live in a really nice building. I live with a bunch of educated people. I don't see the things that... Do. Now, all of a sudden, all these things we've been hearing about, hell, you, you put football on. And you got Colin Kapatrick and Nick Kapatrick, whatever his name is. And other football players all taking kneels, uh, kneel downs during the national anthem. F the country. We've oppressed black people. You got all this going on. But yet Eugene Robinson and Charles Blow and all the other black pundits, Don Lemon, are like, no, 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 no. Everything's going good. Why? Because Donald Trump is putting back the disconnect that they all created. They created the disconnect. So Trump puts the disconnect back together. He goes to a black church. He goes to Detroit. He's with Ben Carson. They're touring his neighborhood. And all of a sudden... The pundits, the Charles Blows, the Eugene Robinsons are going, oh, wait a minute. Because the black folk in these areas are going, yeah, 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 you're, you know, you're right. What have the Democrats done for us? You got P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean Combs, whatever you want to call them, saying, hey, everybody. Hey, all my black brothers and sisters. Don't run out and give Hillary Clinton your vote yet. I'm not saying vote for Trump. But don't just blindly give it to Hillary. What have they done for us? All of a sudden, the Trump message is working. All of a sudden, that disconnect 
that the media and the Democrats are so good at doing is being put back together. And it's starting to work. It's starting to work. So instantly, you see black pundits in the Washington Post and BuzzFeed and Vox, Trevor Noah on Comedy Central. Oh, Trump pandering to black people. Trump is a, it's a joke what he did. And don't forget, Hillary Clinton's talking about having hot sauce in her purse. Hillary Clinton tells a group of black people on the radio that she carries hot sauce in her purse, just like the song Formation, where Beyonce talks about hot sauce in, in her swag bag or bag swag or whatever the hell it is. And no one says a thing. Nobody goes, wow pandering to the 900th degree. And she even says, when they go, people are going to say you're pandering. And she goes, "Ah, am I? Am I doing a good job? (laughs) So Trump goes out there, meets a black folk. People came away going, you know, I'm not going to say I'm going to vote for him. But, you know, Maybe I'm going to have to rethink some things. Oh, forget about it. Democrats losing their minds. And then a new poll comes out that takes Trump from 1% to something like 11%. And that's it. Over. Finished. So now, playing out today, Donald Trump. All you black people, don't forget, he is father of the birther movement. All of a sudden, the birther movement, all of a sudden, the birther situation is now all anyone will talk about. Rather, it's Chris Cuomo, rather, it's Anderson Cooper, rather, it's Don Lemon, rather, it's Wolf Blitzer, rather, it's Chris Matthews. Why is that happening? Because Trump's making inroads with black folk. Hillary Clinton's poll numbers are sinking into the toilet. And the states that Trump needs to win have a bunch of black folk in them. And remember, sure, Trump might not get 50% of the black vote, 60% of the black vote, 70% of the black vote. He might not even get 20% of the black vote. But guess what? If Hillary Clinton doesn't get 95% of the black vote, she loses. So if black folk go, you know what? I don't like Donald Trump, but F Hillary Clinton and F the Democrats. I'm done participating in this democracy because rather I participate and I vote for a Democrat and I go to rallies for Democrats and I give them five or ten dollars of my hard-earned money. At the end of the day, they do nothing for me. So it really doesn't matter if I have Hillary Clinton or I have Donald Trump. Because I voted 
for Obama. I gave to Obama. And at the end of the day, I'm no worse off than if Mitt Romney was the president. I'm at the same job I've been at for the last seven years. I'm making the exact same wage I was making seven years ago. So Obama has done nothing for me. So guess what? I'm done. So yeah, he's not going to vote for Trump, but he's not going to vote for Hillary. He's not going to vote, or she's not going to vote. And if Hillary doesn't get 95% of the black vote, she doesn't win. She doesn't win. So in a state like Ohio, state like Pennsylvania, a state like Michigan, when you have these states that have a decent population of black folk, and that black folk doesn't come out to vote for Hillary, that state turns red. Because you're talking about states that were decided by 100 or 200,000 votes. You're talking about states that were not California landslides. That were not New York landslides. You're talking about states that if you look at the Electoral College, you look at the popular vote, and you look at who voted, and at the end of the day, what were the tallies? You're talking about 100 to 200,000 votes. Talking about one or two percentage points. Not all those states, but a few of those states. And if you take a some game of 5, 6, 7% in some of these polls that have Trump at 11% with black folk, and he was polling at zero, if you take Trump at 10 or 11%, and maybe you hit Hillary with 10 to 15% less than Obama, you've got a 25% swing. 25% in a state that Obama won by 100,000 votes, 200,000 votes. I mean, you're talking about serious panic. And so now, the birther question is back in the spotlight. And the way the media tries to play the birther question, or the way they put the narrative of the birther question is race. Trump did that because Obama was black. It was all about him being black. They did it because he was black. Now, 
The only reason they're saying it has to do with race is because when the Democrats and Hillary Clinton created the birther movement, it was all about race. When Hillary Clinton was battling Obama back in 07, 08, it was all about race. When Bill Clinton said Obama's run for the nomination is a fairy tale. It's, 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 it's a fantasy. It's a joke. And then said, listen, Jesse Jackson won South Carolina. All right? Rest my case. Mic drop. What Bill Clinton said was, hey, guess what? That black guy won it. And what happened? You tell me what happened. You had surrogates out there. Saying Obama was a drug dealer. You had Geraldine Ferrara. The head. She, she, she was the head. Or one of the heads. Of Hillary Clinton's campaign saying. Listen. Obama's only where he is. Obama is only getting this treatment. Obama is only Obama. Because he's black. It was the Obama people that released the pictures of him in the African garb. It was the Clinton people that put the memos together to say, we need to portray him as un-American. It was Bill Clinton who called Ted Kennedy and said, a couple years ago, this Obama would have been carrying our bags. So now the media is bringing the birther movement back up and saying to the black folk that are starting to respond to Trump, hey, Remember, Trump started the birther movement, and he did it because the president was black. He did it because he's a racist. He did it solely based on race. Solely based on race. And they're only saying that because when they did it, it was based on race. Remember, I've said this before. Trump was a racist, okay? If he was a bigot, if he was somebody that didn't like black people, we would have known about it. There would have been a Paula Dean moment. There would have been stories about housekeepers. Other workers being dressed up like slaves and hosting dinner parties. The only thing they could point to is some 
housing discrimination case back in the 70s when Trump's dad was still in control. And housing discrimination cases are a dime a dozen. Aside from that, there is not one thing. There's not one credible thing. Rather, it's, listen, if you're going to bring up a disgruntled employee goes, one time I heard Donald Trump say this. Okay, sure. Stop. You can look through the history, rather it's Jesse Jackson who has praise for Donald Trump or even Al Sharpton. And it really doesn't do the Democrats in the Hillary Clinton campaign any good when they release pictures of social events from 10 plus years ago of... Bill Clinton and Donald Trump at the Trump Towers or on a golf course. The Clinton Foundation, the Presidential Archives, just released a a, a trove of pictures. And I'm not real sure why they think that helps them. If anything, if anything, it helps Trump. Because if he's such a racist, if he's such a bigot why the hell would Bill Clinton be hanging out with him why would Hillary Clinton be going to his wedding she could say well I was in the the neighborhood we got an invite I figured it'd be fun let's see what it's like really so if somebody invited you to a Klan rally you would say well you know I'm in the neighborhood Uh, I figure hey maybe it'll be fun let's Let's watch him burn a cross. No one does that. If somebody's a racist, if someone's a bigot, if someone's a xenophobe, if someone is all of these things, why would you hang out with them socially? Why would you golf with them? Why would you go to their wedding? Why would you do anything with them? So it's obvious the Democrats are freaking. Hillary Clinton is freaking. And now, because of all the email stuff, the Democrats, Hillary Clinton, the media, they all got to communicate with each other through, like, carrier pigeons. They got to they take little notes. Put it on a pigeon's foot. They got to have that pigeon fly to New York and fly to California and fly to Washington and give everybody their marching orders. Because MSNBC is pounding on it, CNN is pounding on it, NBC. CBS, AB, everybody is pounding on it. It's like when a catastrophe happens. 
And every single network is covering it. It's the same thing with this Trump was the father of the birther movement. Trump is the father of the birther movement. Don't you understand? He was doing this because the president was black. So he was trying to discredit the first black president. It has nothing to do with the first black president. It has to do with the fact that he's a Democrat. Trump was converting to the Republican Party. Trump was trying to help Mitt Romney. Trump didn't just wake up and say, you know what? I don't think the president was born in the United States. Hmm. It was about the Republican Party. It was about Mitt Romney. It was about being let into the club. We've had this discussion about Trump before. We've talked about the establishment. We've talked about everybody, rather it's Paul Ryan, rather it's McCain, rather it's Romney, Lindsey Graham, Rand Paul. We talked about how they treated Trump in the past. Trump always just wanted to be taken seriously. He always wanted to just be welcomed as a political player. But nobody ever gave him the respect. Sure, is it an ego thing? Yeah. But we all know what it's like. We all know what it's like. There's aspect. I mean, why does Trump resonate? Because as much as you hate him, or as much as you go, ugh, every once in a while he'll say something or do something, and you identify with what he has said. And you're like, yeah, okay, he's got a point there, yeah. Now you could say, well, a broken clock is right one time a day. But let's face it. He did what he did for the Republican Party. John McCain wasn't going to do it. Republicans don't do what they need to do to win. There's no Lee Atwaters anymore. There's no Lee Atwaters anymore. The closest you had was Karl Rove. And let's face it. Karl Rove won. I don't like Karl Rove. But remember, Karl Rove won. He won two elections. He didn't run Romney's campaign. He didn't run McCain's campaign. He won two elections. He's the closest to a Lee Atwater. But since then, McCain's people, garbage. Romney's people, garbage. And everybody associated with Republicans in the Senate and in the House, garbage. They're terrified. They're scared. They don't know how to handle the media. They don't know how to handle social media. 
So Trump had to come and say, I'll do the birther thing. Oh, okay, you'll do it for us? You'll do it? Because John won't do it. He, no, he won't do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Remember, nobody condemned Trump. No one condemned him. Nobody said, I'm appalled. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Nobody did that. Mitt Romney put his arm around Trump and said, it's a great honor to have Donald Trump endorse me. That was after the birther stuff. So nobody was appalled. Trump took one for the team. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. That's what Trump did. So it had nothing to do with race. It was a Democrat president. And guess what? Flip the roles. If that president was Ted Cruz and Trump was still a Democrat, Trump would have been doing the birther thing with Ted Cruz for the Democrats. Trump would have said to Hillary, he would have said to Schumer, he would have said to Harry Reid, I'll take care of it. Uh, well, and he would have been doing the birther movement with Ted Cruz. He would have been saying he was born in Canada. He had dual citizenship up to two years ago. He's a Canadian. He's a Canadian. He's a Canadian. I doubt people would have said that Donald Trump, he's trying to, to, to legitimize or illegitimize the first white Canadian president. They wouldn't have done that. Had nothing to do with race. Trump doing what he did had nothing to do with race. Obama was a Democrat. That's it. Had nothing to do with the first black president. When you listen to April Ryan from whatever that show she had. I mean, all of them. All of the Democrat pundits. Rather, it's Andrea Mitchell or Joan Walsh. Jonathan Capar. Trump did what he did because he's a racist. He did, no. So that's what's going on today. Started yesterday. It's going full force today. I'll make a prediction because normally my predictions are pretty spot on on Anderson Cooper tonight and Don Lemon. They will do segments. On the birther movement. Mark my words. Mark my words. Tonight, Cooper, Lemon. Maddow, O'Donnell, all do stories 
on the birther controversy. Why? Because Trump is making headway with black voters. He's making headway with black voters, and black voters are repelling from Hillary Clinton. Black voters are repelling from Democrats. So the media, the Democrats, Hillary, got to stop that bleeding. You got to plug those holes. Got to plug those holes. You got to stop that bleeding. And so that's what they're doing today. Stop that bleeding. So that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. So, it's Rob Zakari Show. Yes, it's Rob Zakari Show. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to uh, discuss once and for all. I know we've been talking about this for the last two hours, but we will officially talk about the Washington Post and their editorial board decision or their, as they call it, the Post's view. So it's the Post's view. The Post's view. That the Hillary Clinton email story is out of control. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. Don't forget, we're live on Spreaker. We're live on Blog Talk, iHeartRadio. Listen, go to the Rob Zakari Show, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All right, we'll be right back. Are you, are you coming to the train Led by a man who wants to break the chains Establishment is terrified they can't control his reign Let's meet this year on the tram train Are you Are you coming to the train Where brave men called out For a wall built by crane Media is terrified They can't control his reign Let's meet this year On the Trump train Are you, are you Coming to the train Where brave men called out The fools who lead in vain Lobbyists are terrified they can't control our reign. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. Are you, are you coming to the train? Wear a hat of hope side by side with me. Make America great again. Break the chain. Let's meet this year on the Trump train. 
and we are going to be respected by the world again and not laughed at like we're all a bunch of stupid people being led by incompetent politicians. It's not going to go on any longer. Are you, are you coming to a tree to take our great country back again? Join the revolution, break the chains, let's meet this year on a Trump train. We're going to win at the borders. We're going to win, and we're going to keep winning. And we are going to make America great again, greater than ever Jesus, why is that thing all turned? We're back. Come on. All right. We're back live. Okay. All these buttons and all these feeds. and It's a pain in the ass when you got all these feeds going and they... During the, the breaks, they shut this feed off. They retype on that feed. They they got them. It's a, just a big pain in the balls. And then they move that. They move this. They move that. They. All right, we're back. Don't forget, it's Rob's Gary Show. We are uh, live uh, on the radio here. Uh, Spreaker. You get us on Spreaker. You can uh, get us on Facebook. You can uh, get us on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can get us on Twitter. Uh, we have the, like a Periscope thing that goes on. And I thought they were doing the YouTube. They had a YouTube feed, but I don't think they have it set up yet. But and they're supposed to. I don't know why they didn't, but. Anyways, these are all the things there. There's there's a, a trillion things that <laughs> like a trillion things that go on. I can't keep track of all the the stuff that they got beaming around here. And I know that they um they click off the periscope and relabel a bit. I tell them just to go and keep it running, but I, it's a big pain in the balls. Like I said, all right, so. To close everything out for a Friday. It's a Friday. Yes, it is a Friday. The Washington Post has officially declared the Hillary Clinton email story is done. It's over. It's finished. There's there's too many things to talk about in uh, the country. There's too many things that are going on. In the world, this this notion that we are focusing on Hillary Clinton's emails is, is preposterous. It's preposterous. Preposterous. So just listen to a little of this. Uh, I mean, it's not that long, but just, just a little of it. Judging by the amount of time NBC's Matt Lauer spent Pressing Hillary Clinton on her emails during Wednesday's National Security Presidential Forum, one would think that her homebrew server was one of the most important issues facing the country this election. 
It is not. Now, remember, when you hear people talk about the Washington Post like it's the same paper uh, that uncovered Watergate, you realize that Jeff Bezos from Amazon owns the Washington Post. You realize that Jeff Bezos needed to buy something to give him some type of street cred in the political world and in the world of activists. Because there's no street cred having a multi-billion dollar mail order company that sells uh, dildos and butt plugs. You realize that. You you you, you gotta you you gotta you gotta have something more than just a billion dollar mail order company and a ripoff of Netflix. Come on. How do you go to a party? How how do you how do you hobnob with the Clintons? How do you hobnob with senators? How how do you how do you do that? How do you do that by just selling dildos and butt plugs. Come on. Silly. So he went out and bought the Washington Post. Now, you could talk about tax write-offs and things of that nature. But the Washington Post is nothing more than a toy. It's It's a social status Toy for Bezo. That's all it is. This is not the Watergate paper, okay? This is not. It's it, it just like the Wall Street Journal. It's not the Wall Street Journal, okay? It, it's it's a a quasi Rupert Murdoch toy. Now, some people say, well, see, that's a Republican. Listen, Rupert Murdoch is not Republican. Okay? I mean, seriously. He's not. Rupert Murdoch, Fox is not conservative. His kids are not conservative. You have Fox News that has a conservative slant, but Megyn Kelly's not conservative. And you can't take Hannity because Bill O'Reilly, as much as he is at times conservative, you know, he, he does play it somewhat at times down the middle. Not all the time, but by and large, Murdoch, the Murdoch family, Fox, they're not conservatives. They're not out there every day pushing a conservative agenda. They're not. They're not trying to transform the country in a social direction as it pertains to conservatism. They're not. It's just not happening. Look at their most popular television shows. Look at the things that they do that influence the social norms 
and things of that nature. They're all liberal. They're all liberal. I mean, you got that show Empire that this year is going to do a whole bunch of storylines based around Black Lives Matter. Don't give me the conservative Fox, the conservative Wall Street Journal. Back to Bezo. So he owns the Washington Post. It's, it's Amazon. Okay? You understand me? It's Amazon. So what it is. It's Amazon. That's it. So let me continue. It is not the Washington Post says. It is not an important issue. There are a thousand other substantive issues from China's aggressive moves in the South China Sea to National Security Agency intelligence gathering to military spending that would have revealed more about what the candidates know and how they would govern. Now remember, like we talked about in our first segment, these issues are issues that have been going on for seven and a half years. And under Democrat leadership, under President Obama, nothing has been done. Absolutely nothing has been done. Nothing, not a thing. These two did not even get mentioned in the first five and a half precious primetime hours the two candidates will share before Election Day, while emails took up a third of Ms. Clinton's time. Sadly, Mr. Lauer's widely panned handling of the candidate forum was not an aberration. Judging by polls showing that voters trust Mr. Trump more than Ms. Clinton, as well as other evidence, it reflects a common shorthand for this election. Articulated uh, by the NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick last week, you have Donald Trump, who's openly racist, then uh, Ms. Clinton, I mean... We have a presidential candidate who's deleted emails and done things illegally and is a presidential candidate. That doesn't make sense to me because if that was any other person, you'd be in prison. So here you have a liberal rag, a, a, a propaganda piece, a, 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 <laughs> a Jeff Bezo toy upset upset that people are asking about Hillary Clinton's emails. People are questioning Hillary Clinton's honesty. And in turn, her poll numbers have taken a hit to the point where Donald Trump is viewed more honestly. And that doesn't sit well with the Washington Post. It doesn't sit well with Jeff Bezos. They continue. In fact, Ms. Clinton's emails have endured much more scrutiny than any other person's would have. That's just not true. It's just not true. In the uh, liberal
propaganda world of the media and Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, and all the other leftists that are out there. Sure, they agree with that, but it's not true. This is a Republican, and you had a Republican do the exact same thing. Don't try to say, well, remember this, remember that, that. No, the exact same thing. When James Comey said, you know, this is uh, uh, a case that, uh, you know, it's, it's a very different. Yeah, it's very different because it's never been done. Never had a secretary of state do the things that Hillary Clinton did. It's just never been done. You could say, well, Colin Powell. Oh, okay, you could point to different things. You could point to different things and say, well, that person did a little of that. Or that person did something similar. But the end of the day, nobody has done all of these things that Hillary Clinton has done. I mean, when the Washington Post says, are we, are, we, are we over-talking about the emails? Because it's not just the emails. Destroying phones with hammers, like a drug dealer would. Like a mafioso would. It's bigger than just an email. Talk about intent. Destroying cell phones. I mean, are you kidding me, Washington Post? I mean, wow. Talk about just give. Um, well, I, I, I think, I, I don't know if it was the Washington Post or if it was, or if it was the Daily Beast. I'm not sure which one it was. I'm not sure which one, but for them to come out and say, you know what, we give up trying to be impartial, we, we're, we're not going to do that. Donald Trump is garbage. So we're, we're done trying to say, hey, we're reporters and we're unbot. I'm not sure if it was the Washington Post or if it was the Daily Beast, but one of them just gave up on trying to present themselves as actual, legitimate journalism that doesn't involve propping up one side or the other. Might have been the Daily Beast. But one of them came right out and said, we're done. We're done. We're done. Trump is a racist. He's a bigot. We despise him. We hate him. And the rest of the media should be doing the same thing. He's dangerous. He's horrible. If he is our president... Our country will self-destruct. So enough trying to pretend not to be biased. We have to just beat Clinton in the White House. Now, like I've said before, if that's not state-run media, I don't know what is. If that's not as close to a dictatorship 
I don't know what is. When the only way the American people get news and get information is through, you know, this TV channel or, or, or this website or this newspaper, those are the ways. And remember, we proved that if people in the media don't report on something, like the riots in Milwaukee where it was just downplayed, people don't know anything that happened. So when that's how we get our information, from the low-information voter to the mildly low-information voter, all the way up the food chain of thought. If you have people in the media telling other people in the media, hey, forget trying to be news. Forget trying to report both sides. Forget it. It's one side. That's it. This is our mission. This is what we have to do. That, that, my friends, is the very definition of tyranny. That is the very definition of communism. That is the very definition of a dictatorship. Because in order for all of those things to exist, you have to control the media. In order for all of those things to exist, you have to control the media. And if you don't control the media, you can't be a tyrant. There can be no communism. There can be no dictatorship. And when you have news organizations saying, We're, it's over, it's done. It's Hillary, Trump is bad. And that's where we are now. Here you have the Washington Post say, all right, we're done covering Hillary Clinton's emails. We're not going to talk about her emails. It's over. We've got a lot of issues that are facing this country. All issues that have been there a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. And the Democrats, Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, Hussein Obama, they've done nothing about it. They've done absolutely nothing about it. But now all of a sudden... The Washington Post is like, we got to talk about these things. We need a commander-in-chief that's going to do something about this. Well, where was your guy's call of action seven years ago? Where was your call of action two years ago? Where was your call of action three years ago? Where was your call of action in your outrage when Obama said ISIS is a JV team? Where was your outrage? Where was your outrage when China started making moves in the China Sea, in the South China Sea, when China started basically saying, we're going to build here, we're going we're, we're, we're to squat here. Where was your outrage that the United States did nothing about it? Nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. We continue. Ironically, even as the email issue consumes so much precious airtime, several pieces of the news reported by Wednesday should have taken some steam out of the story. What? what? First, in a memo, FBI Director James Comey sent his staff explaining that the decision not to recommend charging Ms. Clinton was not a cliffhanger. 
and that people chest-beating and second-guessing the FBI do not know what they're talking about. Anyone who claims that Mrs. Clinton should be in prison excuses without evidence the FBI of corruption or flagrant incompetence. So why would that, according to the Washington Post, that should have thrown water on the email story? Really? Because James Comey sent a letter to the staff saying, this is not a cliffhanger? This is the same James Comey this report on a Friday, Labor Day weekend. This is the same James Comey that thought nothing of him or his own employees conducting these interviews with Hillary Clinton and her staff and them giving the agents answers that in any other setting with any other people, they would have been beaten with a phone book for giving them preposterous answers and stonewalling. But of course, in the Washington Post, because James Comey said this and James Comey wrote an email, that should have been the end of it. James Comey spoke, and that's it. Like, James Comey is this independent mind that would never side with an administration, that would never be corrupted by any I mean are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Again, if this was a Republican administration, this was a Republican story. There's no way. There's no way the Washington Post would have said, Hey, end of story. And they go on. Second is the emergence of an email exchange between Ms. Clinton and former Secretary of State Colin Powell, in which that he used a private computer and bypassed State Department services while he ran the agency, even when communicating with foreign leaders and top officials. Mr. Powell attempted last month to distance himself from Ms. Clinton's practices, which is one of the many factors that made the email story look worse. Now it seems Mr. Powell engaged in similar behavior. Okay, so what's that mean? I'm, I'm lost. What does that mean? I mean, we could break down all the ways that certain things that Powell did are different than what Hillary Clinton did, but forget that. Let's just say, okay, he did the same thing. All right, Washington Post, he did the same thing. One, it's wrong. Two, he's not running for president of the United States. Three, can the next president, regardless of who it is, can the next president have sex in the Oval Office with an intern, lie to Congress, lie to the American people, 
and then say, well, Bill Clinton did it. Bill Clinton did it. Everybody was fine with Bill Clinton. I mean, that's what the Washington Post is saying. Well, Colin Powell did it. Colin Powell told Hillary Clinton to be shady and shifty. Well, then guys, what are you all complaining about? Oh, duh. Duh. Wow. Okay. So whoever the next president is, find the closest intern. All right? Find the closest intern. Engage in sexual contact with them. And remember, when people go, oh, but she was of age. It was consent. You know, you, you, you can't. Say that. In this day and age, in this day and age, when a boss is dealing with an employee, just saying to that employee, hey, me and you should have hooked up, gets you fired and gets you called a sexual predator. And the person that records you doing this gets paid $20 million. I can't imagine in this day and age the President of the United States coming on to an intern and people being okay with it. Because if sexual harassment is a boss saying, To an employee, hey, me and you should have hooked up. If that's sexual harassment, then what is the President of the United States saying to an intern? Hey, you look really cute in that dress right now. Oh, thank thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Mr. President. You know... Take some, well, I got a speech I got to do tomorrow. I was wondering if you take dictation. Uh, Well, you know, I would like you to come over about six or seven o'clock and take some dictation. Could you do that? I'd really appreciate it if you did. Uh, Um. Sure, Mr. President. I'll be here at 6 o'clock. Well, thank you. And then you do that. And then when that story comes out and you go on camera and say, I never had that woman take dictation. Now, I need to get back to work right now. And then you... Lie to Congress, you do all that stuff, but at the end of the day, you say, time out. Bill Clinton did it. Bill Clinton did it. And as far as the Washington Post and the rest of uh, the libs and the extreme left, if a predecessor did something and got away with it, it's all that matters. Washington Post has 
No. I I, I mean, they, 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 they have no integrity. They don't. They have no integrity anymore. They, they, they have no they're, – they're, they're horrible. I mean, they really are. They really are. And then they continue last is a finding that 30 Benghazi-related emails that recovered during the FBI email investigation recently attracted big headlines and nothing significant in them. Only one, in fact, was previously undisclosed, and it contained nothing but a compliment from a diplomat. But the damage of the 30 emails has been done. Now, Miss Clinton is hardly blameless. She treated the public's interest in sound record-keeping cavalierly. A small amount of classified material also moved across her private server. But it was not obviously marked as such, which is wrong. And there's still no evidence that national security was harmed. There's no, it doesn't matter if national security was harmed. It doesn't matter. I mean, if you drive drunk and you manage to get home... And you don't manage to kill anybody. That doesn't mean what you did was legal. I mean, that's what that's what the what that that's what the Washington Post is saying. Yeah, yeah. There there was some classified material that moved across her private server, but there's no evidence that national security was harmed. There's no evidence. Yeah, it happened, but there's no evidence, so it's fine. But the fact that they say it was not obvious, I mean, they are completely, they are completely pretending everything else in that FBI report didn't exist. The C classifications. And the fact that Hillary Clinton said, I didn't know what that meant. I thought it was an alphabetizing of paragraphs. Well, where's A? Where's E? Where, where's the other letters? You had training in this. Yeah, but I don't remember because I got a concussion and there's a whole bunch of my life that I don't remember. And the Washington Post conveniently just pretends that doesn't exist. They conveniently pretend that they scrubbed the server with a bleach. Not a bleach on clothes, but a specific bleach, a, a specific cleaning process that scrubs, cleans, and erases emails, history. I mean, it's amazing. The Washington Post is pretending none of this stuff exists. And it's just all about nothing. And then they end with, imagine how history would judge today's Americans. If looking back at this election, the record showed that voters empowered a dangerous man because of a minor email scandal. There is no equivalence between Ms. Clinton's wrong 
Mr. Trump's manifest unfitness for office. That's stunning, ladies and gentlemen. Stunning. Stunning. It's Rob Zakari Show. We're done. You guys were great. You guys were awesome. Uh, I'm glad uh, you were with us all week. Uh, We had fun. Uh, We will see you again Monday. Don't forget, follow us at the Rob Zakari Show. Dot com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Spreaker. Follow us on uh, Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Periscope. Follow us on YouTube. There's a lot of ways to follow us. There's a lot of ways to watch the program, listen to the program, get engaged with the program. Lot and lot and lot. We'll see you guys Monday. You are the best. Be safe, be good, don't take any wooden nickels, and we'll see you. Good.